Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Every time I see it, I like it. I like a little bit of overacting going on there. Um, do want to let you know, you know, if, if you do have a child that gets a little tired of me, you can take them out. I just wish there was a place I could go when I get tired of me. Um, but we'll work on that. Maybe the next building will build something, a, a room for me. Um, hey, so one of the things that we're doing today is that we're going to baptize. And so um, I encourage you, if you, get, if you can, stay a little bit late after this service and just cheer on those that are going public in their faith this morning. Uh, it, it'll be great. It'll start around 1045. We'll be done by the time second service starts. So, um, man, God's good, isn't he? Yeah, so good, so good. Well, we are continuing a series uh, called Elephants in the Room. This is our fourth version, Elephants 2018, where we take uncomfortable, taboo, sensitive subjects, and we just face them head on. Uh, we've talked about cohabitation the first week. We talked about suicide last week. I encourage you, if you missed those messages, um, they're available in our foyer. There's CDs of them. You can also get them online um, at our website. Uh, our podcast, and on Facebook as well. Um, So we're going to continue this morning. We're going to talk about church hurt. Church hurt. Now, in case you're wondering what do I mean, not the physical building that we sometimes refer to as the church, you may get hurt there if a fan falls on you or something like that. We're talking about the people, y'all, right? Because the church is the people. We're talking about um, when you've been betrayed, wounded, Angered or damaged by church leaders or by the people in the congregation. If you've been a follower of Jesus for very long, it doesn't take that long to realize that followers of Jesus are not Jesus. Right? And so it, it can get rough sometimes. And, and so we just want to talk about this. Look, I've been hurt by church. My family's been hurt by church and church people. My parents uh, were at a church years and years ago before I was even born. And the pastor looked at my dad and said, there are places for people like you and this isn't it. Um, no joke. And, and so they've, they've been, I've had people talk about me. I, they didn't know that I could hear them. I've heard uh, people uh, say things that circled back around to me. I actually had one person tell me once they didn't even know if I was saved, which was interesting. Um, I forgot to check in with them at at Salvation Registration Day. Um, It's it's crazy because people are hurt, right? And, And we know that hurting people hurt people. But at the same time, we're called... We're called to get along. We're called to be a part of this thing called the church. And look, it's not just us. It's not just the church these days. It was in Scripture as well. Uh, we see all sorts of examples. We see Paul and Barnabas, or they, they decide to go out on a missionary journey again, and, and, and they get mad at each other and go different ways. Paul then uh, meets up with Silas, and Barnabas goes off uh, with his cousin, John Mark. 
um, we see Euodia and uh, Sintichi are two ladies that are having some sort of feud. And it's escalated to the point that the Apostle Paul is writing from jail. And he mentions, hey, Euodia, you guys get it together. You're hurting the body of Christ. Ouch. We see uh, in the early church that, that there was a fence and there was some drama going on. They were feeding uh, widows uh, and orphans. And the, the, the Jewish converts to Christianity, uh, it was, the allegation was that they were getting taken care of more than the non-Jewish converts to Christianity. And so they had to solve that problem. So there's never been a time when the church didn't have some sort of interpersonal conflict going on. It, it's, it seems like it's just part of getting together as a group of different people. But I believe that God has called VFC to be a haven and to be a healing place for people who have suffered church hurt in the past. I'll never forget, I was seeking the Lord one day. I was, um, I'd been pastor here for just a little bit. And I heard the Lord very clearly say, I'm going to begin to send people that have been hurt at church to you. Now, my, my reaction should have been, yes, but it was, oh, no. Because when you're wounded, you wound. When you're hurt, you're hurt. When you're damaged, you damage, right? And, and, and so that means, okay, we're going to have to be extra special, especially careful to take care of people. But it's worth it. It's worth it. I want to let you know a couple things about church hurt. Before we continue, and then we're going to get into like why it happens and how we can solve it. The, the first thing I want you to know about church hurt is this, okay? I hear you. I hear you. And I think churches often skip this step. And they start explaining away or defending people and say, well, but you've got to forgive. That's true. You do need to forgive. It's true. You need not embrace offense. But I hear you. I hear you. I understand that, yes, you have been hurt at the place where you should never be hurt. Is it the church where people, the people of God, congregate together? When, um, and so I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm not going to excuse uh, and explain this away, but, but I do want to talk about how we can avoid this in the future. Acts chapter 20, 29 through 31 the Apostle Paul is talking to the Ephesians, some of the last stuff he says to them before he leaves. And he says this, I, I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group, that's your own local church, will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. So watch out. Apostle Paul says, look. Look, this is, this is a part of life. This is a part of the imperfection before we get to heaven. Uh, he doesn't say withdraw from the church. He says watch out. He says be careful. Take heed. But, but look, I just want to validate you for a moment and say, yes, there are problems sometimes. There are problems. And, and if you've been hurt, if, if you've been lied to and betrayed and backstabbed or frontstabbed or, or whatever, I hear you and I want this to be a place where you can heal. The other thing I want you to know about church hurt is you need to understand this, is that there are weeds among the wheat. Now, this is a parable that Jesus taught. Now, I, I, let me just say this. Most church hurt is caused by imperfection and immaturity. It is caused by immaturity, uh, believers who aren't there yet, and imperfection, 
uh, people that are trying their best and they fail, just like all of us. But in addition to that, there are weeds among the wheat. Jesus, I can't read the whole thing for the sake of time, but, but in Matthew 13, and this can be your homework. Oh, I didn't sign up for homework. Well, you just got some, okay? So for Matthew 13, read these passages, okay? Read these passages, and, and, and you can see that Jesus actually teaches. He tells the story about a farmer that plants wheat, um, in the ground, and then when it becomes when it begins to to grow up alongside the wheat are also weeds that look a lot like the wheat. But then, uh, and 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 the the farm hands are like, well, gosh, should we go ahead and pull the weeds? And the farmer goes, not yet. You can't do that. Why? Because it would cause irreparable harm to the wheat if you were to get the weeds out right now. But at harvest time. We'll get everything out, and then we'll separate the wheat from the weeds, okay? And so it's cool because not all parables do you get to see Jesus' interpretation. This one you do. The, the, the disciples ask him later, so what's the inter- what, what were you talking about with the wheat and the weeds? He explains the whole thing. He says, look, there are going to be people among you that are weeds. And I'm not going to automatically do something about it right now. Sorry. Because if I did, it would do two things. First, if God were just to strike down every weed among the wheat, the weeds could no longer repent and get right. And that's God's heart. But also, it would cause irreparable damage. It would would make it to where it would be impossible for us to gather together. So he's like, look, just hold on. Understand. Look at the fruit. Guard your heart. Protect your heart. But know that there are weeds among the wheat, look, God knows that there are charlatans, there are false prophets, there are, there are people who infiltrate the church that don't belong to him. God knows about it. He's not happy about it either, and he does have a plan to make it right. But it's not right now. It's not right now. And we live in that tension of, of but I want it to be right now. But there are weeds among the wheat. Here's the third thing I want you to know about church hurt is that God lives among the mess. So can you. God lives among the mess. You know, church is often messy because people are often messy, right? Um, Proverbs 14.4, it says, this is interesting scripture. It says, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. What's it saying? It's like, look, it'd be a lot easier if there were no oxen around because they make a mess. But you need oxen because there's a, a large harvest and you need the work force. Does that make sense? So sometimes we think, I just want it clean around here. I don't like it when there's baby Christians and they're messing all over the place and this is not fun. And I, Yeah, but we need, there's a harvest coming and we need all hands on deck. And sometimes those hands are immature hands. And so we've got to realize that this is just a part of this temporary tension between what should be and what is. Now, what should be will become what is in heaven. But right now, what should be is not always what we see. The church is plan A for bringing the kingdom of God to earth. There's no backup plan. God has not said, okay, we're going to try this whole church thing, and if it doesn't work out, we're, just, we're going to do something else. No, this is the plan. 
His church, you, the body of Christ, the people, in their imperfection, in their immaturity, this is God's plan to bring heaven to earth. And so we've got to embrace that plan. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's necessary. And so there will always be this tension. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear uh, pretty often people will say things like, well, I don't like going to church because of all the hypocrites there. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. That one's pretty good. Um, here's, here's the thing. In the words of Inigo Montoya, you keep using that word. It does not mean what I think you think it means. It's the Princess Bride, if you don't know where that's from. Okay, a hypocrite is someone who says that they're one thing, but they're actually another. So we know that the church is full of sinners. I'm looking at a bunch right now, and you're looking at one right here. The church is only full of hypocrites if someone has said, I'm not a sinner. If someone said, I'm perfect, and then they demonstrate that they're not perfect, that's a hypocrite. I don't know anyone that's saying that they're perfect in the church. And so the church isn't full of hypocrites. The church is full of fallible people that are trying to figure out how to make it in this life. And that isn't, that's not a valid excuse. It's a false narrative to say, well, I'm not going to go to church because of the hypocrites. Look, you're one too. Come join us. I mean, that's like saying, I'm too sick to go to the hospital. And I don't want to be around those other sick people at the hospital. They should be well. They're at a hospital where you get well. What? What? That's like saying, I don't want to go to the gym because of all the out-of-shape people. (laughs) They're where they need to be. And, and, And so that's what church is. It's a hospital. It's a place to get poured into. It's Coming to church doesn't mean that you have it all together, my Lord. Coming to church means that you know you don't have it all together and you need help. And so the whole hypocrite argument, it's just not, it's just, it's, it doesn't hold water. It's just not true. It's not true. God lives among the mess. And so must we. So what I want to do real quick is I want to ask two questions. Why do we hurt and how can we heal? Why do we hurt and how can we heal? I'm going to go through rather quickly some of the different reasons, specific reasons that we hurt, that we've gotten hurt because of church. And then we're going to talk about how to heal in each specific circumstance. Now, we get hurt in general because of unmet expectations. These can be trivial unmet expectations like, oh, I really wanted the pastor to notice me today. Well, God, you know, I just can't always see everyone. Or they could be serious like I had an expectation of safety and love and I was not safe. I was hurt. I was damaged and I was abused. That's a serious, but it's still an unmet expectation, you see? Now, how can we heal? Well, remember how we said hurting people hurt people? Well, guess what? Healed people heal people. And so the key, the key is for us to allow the Lord to to get this hurt out of us so that we can help others get the hurt out of them. Here's the first one of the ways that we that we hurt at church is just feeling overlooked these kind of go in order of severity by the way but just feeling overlooked feeling like you don't matter feeling like you're unimportant look we don't make we can't make people matter jesus did that jesus declared that people matter when he died on the cross for them god did that when he made us humanity in his own image people matter because of god but we through our actions can help people understand and feel that they matter this is based on how we treat them 
And look, some people just need to get rid of offense. We had, uh, we used to have here, if you've been here for longer than maybe five years or so, we used to have what we called friendly time. In, in, before the sermon, everyone would get up and walk around and greet each other. And, and one, one time, uh, there was a lady uh, that had been coming, and she was just, she, was just uh, she said, you know, this is one of the most unfriendly churches I've ever been to. And I was like, really? She was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, okay. So I watched her the next time that we had friendly time, and she sat in her chair. Everyone got up. She sat in her chair, and she, she folded her arms, and she just stared off. I was like, well, you're daring them not to come speak, and congratulations. They did what you requested. And she had a chip on her shoulder, and she'd been hurt, and, 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 all, and I just encouraged her. I was like, look, look, you know, th- these are just people, okay, just like you. Why don't you stand up? Uncross your arms and go talk to someone. And guys, this, that's the solution for this. Uh, the solution is the, let's do our best to help people know that they matter. Now, in the end, they've got to know that they matter because of what Jesus has done. But let's, let's not make ourselves an excuse. Let's do everything that we can. Okay? Here's something that's really easy. Are you ready? I'm going I'm to feed you a line here. When you see someone at VFC and you don't know them by name, and you're not sure if they've been coming for a long time or a short time, here's a great thing you can say. How long have you been coming to VFC? See, because here's the thing, and I made this mistake. You say, oh, was this your first time here? They're like, I've been here eight months. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm plugged in. Hey. <laughs> right? We've all had that happen to us or not happen, and, right? But, but, but you can say, you can just say, how long have you been? As a matter of fact, turn your neighbor and say, how long have you been coming to VFC? See how, that, see how that was really easy? Now turn to your neighbor and say, I'm offended. I'm just kidding. Look, if we're called to be the church that helps heal people who've been through church hurt, we've got to do this. You've got to think about this. You, you just can't come to church Sunday mornings and say, okay, hopefully I'm going to get a word. You'll probably get a word. But you know what? When you get the most ministry is when you're fixating on ministering to others. And so come here, not with what can I receive, but who can I bless, right? So, but I need your help, you guys. I can't do this. It's, it's impossible for me to connect to everyone that comes to VFC. I need your help. I need you to take it upon yourself to at least a handful of people to say, hey, glad you're here. How long have you been coming to VFC? Well, I've been here 10 years. So cool. Well, I'm, I'm new. So if there are any tricks or whatever, let me know, <laughs> right? I mean, just show some humility, you know, so, so that, that's the first time. Sometimes we just feel overlooked and we're, well, that church is just all about themselves. Look, this is easily fixable, but it takes some work. And I need your help. Amen. Here's another reason that we hurt is, is following a leader instead of the Lord. This, this is going to bite you every single time. Because I am a leader. I know what we're like. And we're very much imperfect. I mean, I, I, I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. You know, people say I put, you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time. I don't know why we chose putting on pants as a way to determine how equal we are. Like, doesn't everyone put their pants on one leg? I mean, I, I, I think you can lean against the bed and maybe do two. Someday I want somebody to be like, I don't put my pants on one leg at a time. I throw the pants in the air and I dive into them feet first. It's just a weird way of saying like, why pants? Like, why not a shirt? Like, well, I put my shirt on one arm at a time. I don't know. Anyway, or socks. Any, okay, sorry. It's a weird phrase. 
Look, whether it's a pastor, a leader, or a church partner, a member here, look, we're, we're all just people. Most of us are trying our best. Most of us are doing our best. I look, I'm just a guy who's called to pastor others. It's a calling. I didn't score highest on the test. Isn't that how we think about leaders sometimes? Well, this guy, man, he really, whoo, he must have knocked that Christian test out of the park. I'm probably, I'm a, I'm a solid B student, you guys, okay? But I'm called, <laughs> I'm called the shepherd, and so that's what I'm doing. But I'm going to make mistakes. And, and so, you know, I, please don't put me on a pedestal. I'll break that thing. <laughs> I'll sit awkwardly on it until it just, just falls. It, it, it won't work, okay? Don't look to a leader. As a matter of fact, here's a solution. Don't ever look to a person to give you what only God can give you. Don't ever look to a person. We're all fallible. We all mess up. We all have bad days. And if I have done anything that's offended you, I apologize. I most likely didn't mean to do it. Just kidding. I, I mean, I really, I didn't mean, I, I, I hate it. You, you ever like stepped on your dog and they go, Arr! it's like the worst feeling in the world. Because you didn't mean to. Like if you got mad, you were like, oh, dog. Well, you feel bad afterwards, but you're like, well, I did that, Right. But when you hurt someone and you don't mean to, God, that drives me crazy. And so, please, if I've said something stupid or I didn't notice you or, you know, I, I, I didn't see you there at Publix and we were right next to each other, like, I, I'm, I'm just a dude. And, and I will probably continue to do dumb stuff. Just ask my family. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't try to get from me or the leadership team here at VFC what you can only get from God, which is your validation, it's your importance, it's your reason, it's your purpose. It's not going to come from a person, Amen. Here's the third one, and this is a big one. Now, go with me here. How do, why do we get hurt? We get hurt when we spiritualize the natural. We get hurt when we spiritualize the natural. Let me tell you what I mean. This is when we take natural conflicts and we spiritualize them. So I've heard the statistic that around 10% of people in general just won't like you. No good reason, just personality differences. I just don't like that person, right? Well, oftentimes in a church context, we'll over-spiritualize that. We'll say, well, I just think she, she has a, a Jezebel spirit. Or he, I, just, I just feel like the enemy is really operating. No, you just, you just don't get along maybe. No, there are Jezebel spirits. There are all these things, right? But to go there first and to over-spiritualize what's just a, a personality thing is stupid. Like a lot of people just have UPD. UPD, unfortunate personality disorder. <laughs> They're just hard to get along with, right? If you or a loved one have UPD, please contact the Lord through prayer. <laughs> but sometimes we just don't get along, right? It's not, it's not overly spiritual. Here's, here's another part of this. Work situations. When you do business with a church member and you bring this weight of expectation an obligation that you place on them because you know you're both believers. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll never forget when Tiff and I first got married, we had a good friend. His name was Ben. He doesn't go to this church. You don't know him. He lives in another state. 
And, and he was starting his own construction company, like a punch list, you know, fix it, remodeling thing. And, and so we, we were like, hey, well, we'll use him and, you know, just to kind of help him out, get started. So um, we, we wanted some stuff done in our bathroom, simple stuff. And we said, hey, man, so what would you charge us? And he goes, I, I think probably 150 bucks. I was like, well, cool, we can do that. Well, he works for a couple days, whatever. And then he gives us the bill and the bill is $500. And we're like, and I, I, I said, Ben, first of all, I don't have this. Second of all, you told me it'd be around 150 bucks. And he said, yeah, well, it was a lot harder than I thought it'd be. And, you know, ran into some issues. I'm like, you can't do that. He was like, I can't. That was really his, his, his answer. was like, I can't. I was like, no. And, and Tiff and I learned really quickly that, you know, you should be able to go to a Christian and let them do work for you. And it's all easy and we're all, you know, hugs and puppy dogs and rainbows and stuff. But that's not usually the case because oftentimes I went into that thinking, well, you know, Ben's probably going to help me out because I'm a believer. He's a believer. He went into that thinking, well, Jamie's probably going to overpay because I'm a believer and he's a believer. <laughs> you, you see how we do this to each other? Look, if you do church with a business person, here's the best advice I can give you. Get it in writing. For your own sake, for their sake, and for the sake of this church, get it in writing. Well, but we shouldn't have to do that as believers. Maybe so, but let's live in the real world and get it in writing. Right? There's nothing. And look, we continue to use businesses that, that, that come from this church. Um, but, but look, it, it won't be long before... Someone makes you mad just because this is life, right? And things don't go the, the way that you want them to. Get it in writing and practice forgiveness, right? And, 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 and this, this, uh, the solution to this is remove all unnecessary expectations. Everything that's just not absolutely necessary, an expectation, remove it. And then you walk in the integrity that you want others to have. You can't, you can't affect their integrity. You can only affect yours. And so, so don't spiritualize the natural, right? Don't, don't claim a personality difference is somehow spiritual. You probably just don't get along, and that's okay. You still have to love them. It's, what, it's part of what being a Christian is about, amen? Here's the next one. This is getting good. Church politics. Woo! So, so this, this, this one hurts. And, and many of you, if you've been involved in church and you get invited onto the elder board or the deacon board or, you, or, or certain if you go to a committee church where they have committees for their committees, like that really exists if you don't know that. Like they'll have like a steering committee that determines who's going to be on the next committee. And it's like, what? They got committees for their committees? What happens many times with church politics is there's infighting. Like, you know, so if it's a voting church, uh, if you've been a part of a voting church, I apologize. But what happens is there'll be like a, an item on the agenda. And, I mean, I really, want, I really want this carpet to be blue, man. I just God showed me in a vision, you know. <laughs> hey, if you, are you, what are you voting for the carpet? I'm voting brown. Well, hey, if you'll vote for blue, then I'll vote that the youth pastor. And then all of a sudden, now we're politicking. And we're no better than the world. Let me be honest. A lot of church governments create and breed politics. And, and, and it's just no fun. And, and here's, here's the bad news about this. Bad environments can cause good people to do bad things. 
And so my advice to you, um, and you guys go here at VFC. As a matter of fact, I think we have a really healthy government. If you've never heard how our government operates, Discover VFC is next Sunday at 5 o'clock. And we, that's one of the things we go over besides what we believe and what our vision is, is we talk about church government. And, and we've had disagreements in our executive government. We've never had anyone yell. We've never had anything throw anything. We've never had anyone do that kind of stuff. Because we, 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 we've honored the person above the opinion. And, and so, look, but here's my advice. If, if someone's listening to me, you don't go to VFC and you don't know what to do about the church politics, you know, you need to get out. Not necessarily leave the church, I'm not saying that, but you got to get, if, if, if it's an unhealthy governmental situation, you're not going to, you don't have the authority to change it, then you need to leave. And y'all know, and many of you have. You've been in those situations because you're powerless to affect change. It's just going to run you into the ground. Unless you're specifically called by God and you just, you're sent to help change the environment, the, the structure, it's, it's, it'll be a lot easier for you, your family, and your spiritual life if you'll just get out. Because the people in charge are the ones who have to change. Which brings me to our last one, which is our most serious type of church hurt, which is spiritual abuse. Some of you have come out of spiritual abuse. I've got abuse. I've got four things up here that, that kind of lets you know how to know whether or not you've been under spiritual abuse. First thing is unquestioned authority. If you can't question your spiritual leaders, you're in a bad place. If, if anyone says, hey, pastor, why do we do it this way? And they go, well, because God told me. You got a problem with that? You need to run. Unquestioned authority is not healthy at all. Control. You guys have been where either the elders, the deacons, or the pastor's wife, or the pastor, or someone's always trying to control. I know there are parts of some churches where, um, you know, they actually, like, you have to ask permission to do certain things. Well, let me see if I can get my pastor's permission. You know, that's not, you don't see that in Scripture. You see shepherding. You see um, um, overseeing. And you do see spiritual authority, but you don't see spiritual abuse. Um, and so that control, I've actually heard of some churches when you become a member there, you put your routing number and your bank account on the, what? That's entitlement. It's entitlement. And so, so that, that's a problem. Elitism. Well, we're the only ones that have the true word of God. Y'all, y'all ever notice how much I say there are lots of other good churches in town? You heard me say that? I say that on a regular, pretty regular basis. Why? I genuinely believe that. I don't believe I have the corner of the market on truth. I believe Jesus does. And I also believe I'm not Jesus. <laughs> amen. That should, have, that should have gotten a higher amen than it did. <laughs> amen, brother. I don't look good in, you know, sandals and stuff anyway. But. Elitism. We're the only ones. Oh, don't go over there. They don't. Oh, mm. Right? That elitism, that's a, that's a form of spiritual abuse. Shunning. Shunning. If, if you've ever been a part of it, see, we don't do this here. We've had people leave this church. And you know what I tell them? I was like, hey, I want to let you know I still love you. I'm going to wave to you in Walmart. And look, if, if you're here and you think, gosh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of done with Jamie and I don't think that this is the church for me. Hey, look, you know what? Honestly, I'm not going to force you to stay here because that's a lot of work for me. I don't have that kind of time. Go be where God's called you to be and I'll wave to you in Walmart. I'm not mad. Okay? I want you here. I'm jealous for you because I believe that God's got good stuff for you to do. And I want to end on that. But if God's moving you out, look, go. 
Because you're just going to cause problems if you stay. Because you're called somewhere else. But this shunning that happens, well, oh, they, oh, and they turn the back and it's just, you know, well, we don't, we don't talk to them. Like, that's cultic. And it's, and it's a form of spiritual abuse and it's not right. Look, I got one solution for this and no other explanations. Get out now. If you're a part of a ministry or you've been a part of a ministry and you're still hanging on or you're listening, you don't go to VFC, get out now. Do your faithfulness, oh, but maybe, maybe they'll love me if I'm fa- and God can use me. No, get out. Get out of the spiritually abusive situation. And be prepared for the character assassination that's going to happen when you do. It's an unhealthy environment. It's weeds among the wheat. And some of you have been hurt. And some of you have done your best. You've been faithful. And you've gotten burned by church. I just want to take a moment before we end. I want you to look at me. I apologize. I'm sorry. If you were hurt by church, you were betrayed, your name was drugged through the mud, you were overlooked, you were talked about, look, hey, I'm sorry. That should have never happened to you. It should have never happened. And I'm not going to excuse it. I'm not going to defend it. It was wrong. But I've got a question for us. Are you willing to forgive the church hurt in your life? This doesn't let them off. This doesn't mean that what they did was wrong. But it means that you recognize that this is what's best for you. Are you willing to forgive the church hurt? I got another question for you. Maybe, maybe you're like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I have, I've forgiven it. I've, I've gone through it. I'm good. Well, here's my question to you as well. Will you help create a culture here that helps that heals people from church hurt. Because I can't do this by myself. I need your help. Are you willing to release the church hurt? And are you really willing to create a culture here where we love people and we give them grace as they recover from this? Those are my questions. Let's stand for prayer. If you will, close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit, is there any church hurt that's still going on in my heart? Just ask him. You may see someone's face. You may think of a name. And I'm sorry for bringing this up, and I know it's painful, but you got to deal with this, you guys. Is there anyone... Now here, just between you and the Lord, just say, I forgive them. I'll release that hurt. I'm not willing to live this way anymore. You may say, how do I know when I've forgiven? When you can pray for them in peace. That's when you know you've forgiven. When, you, when, you, when you're not always rehearsing the mental com- the conversations in your mind. That's when you know you're free. Just release it to him, your own words. I don't know what to say. Just say, I release it. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, deliver me from church hurt. I've been wounded. 
I've been angered. I've been betrayed. But Lord, it wasn't as bad as the cross. So I look to you to heal me and help me be a part of this new culture where we help heal people who've been through church hurt. Use my words and use my actions to bring healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.